podcast with Nicole and John Ellen. Hello and welcome to a, another episode of the Radical Awareness podcast with John and uh, it's still Nicole. We're very excited to be here. <laughs> uh, today's episode is titled Is Ignorance Actually Bliss? Mm. Question mark. A big question mark. And oh, uh, I quite quite enjoy this topic, this mm. idea that if you avoid certain things, if you're ignorant to certain things, then you live this this blissful this blissful ignorance and all is well because you don't have to know or you don't have to feel um, other things or things that you don't really align with or agree with. And first John's going to start talking about this from a yogic point of view um, in yogic philosophy around the kleshas. And then we'll go into a little bit more around limiting beliefs and the somewhat pitfall or danger of this idea of ignorance being bliss or 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 an acceptable way to be and what actually well what actually starts to happen from the inside out so the glacier um glaciers are considered the impediments or the kind of obstacles to the practice of yoga which in this definition from patanjali would be considered um, the yoga of getting to know yourself getting to become quiet enough to see beyond the thoughts and see your own true nature. Um, so the clashes are the impediments, the things that get in the way of you being able to see your own true nature. And there are five clashes, but um, they basically all boil down to one, which is called avidya, which is most commonly translated as ignorance. Um, and the, the texts say or are often translated as saying that all the glaciers come from the field or the breeding ground of ignorance um, and what in particular piece of ignorance is the breeding ground for all other forms of obstacle uh, it's that you don't believe that you're a spiritual being that you don't believe you have a higher self a true self a deeper self um, a watcher, a witness, whatever you would like to call it, a soul, a spirit, um, whatever your particular prescription to a particular word that aligns with your particular belief system, <laughs> that um, ignorance is the biggest obstacle to recognizing that you are much, much more than your a physical being. <laughs> yes, than a meat suit. So yes, we look at these things in so many different ways and the clashes are broken up into all sorts of things like your ego and attachment and aversion and fear of death, etc. Um, well, that's actually the complete list, not etc. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's always important, I think, to consider it from this perspective of it all starts with ignorance. Um, and if you, you look at it, kind of if we pull out from yoga for a moment and think of it from the Buddhist perspective. Um, the Buddha could have um, presented his kind of treaty on life, um, his Dharma path as saying life is bliss, but no one would have really bought that, you know, uh, because everybody suffers. Um, and so he would say, um, or it's often translated as life is less than perfect or life is suffering. And then if you go just one little step deeper than that, he would say, ignorance is suffering. 
So we go from this idea of ignorance is bliss to recognizing that ignorance is actually suffering because you're ignorant to the fact that you're so much more than this meat suit. Mm. Thank you, John. And ignorance is bliss. It's funny that it's sort of a, a saying in our modern world and language. And it's actually, I would say it was termed by big corporations that were trying to sell things, which um, things in the way of numbing devices, whether it's food, alcohol, TV, entertainment, that this idea of ignorance is bliss and I'm going to go and do what I want and be a free being is kind of how it was marketed. And so we keep consuming and buying things so we're able to numb ourselves and remain ignorant because that's how we rebel and find freedom. Unfortunately, that's one of the biggest lies that we've ever been told because it only tends to lead to our own suffering and the continual need to consume and to remain numb all the time. And like with anything, there are effects wear off. And we have these moments where it's like we don't feel happy in just ourselves, which is what leads to depression and anxiety and suicide and all of these, these massive issues that globally we're facing including sort of chronic conditions and everything, because we forget we are ignorant to who we actually are. We are ignorant to our, our power, to our to the energy of our own hearts, to what we are able to create, who we actually are in context to Mother Earth and all other beings. And so this fundamental truth, especially on a yoga path, but just for anyone, is to know that we're spiritual beings having a human experience and how powerful that is to actually empower yourselves in your own life. Um, you can then choose what you want to do. You then recognize that you are free. You are a sovereign being here with rights and the ability to, to be you fully. So what's interesting at the moment is there is a lot of ignorance um, due to the fact that what we're seeing in the world is very challenging. It's unpleasant. And there are many conflicting views, many, and not just like a little bit conflicting, like com the complete polarized opposite from each other. And so it's easy to say, oh, I'm just going to put my head down and get on with my life. And ignorance is bliss in a way. And I think there's, there's this, <laughs> but this is kind of danger on both ends of it. You know, if we sort of turn away from everything and we just blindly believe, but we're denying maybe something that we're feeling inside, we're missing the essence of our own experience, our own vitality and our own bliss. And on the other side of that, if we get too caught up in maybe what feels so horrible, then we're also out of our own bliss as well. We are, you know, being pulled in two different directions. So in essence, what it's about is opening your mind and your heart to all points of view, and this isn't just relevant to what's going on currently, this is all the time. What real freedom is, what real openness is, is being able to open yourself to all sides of, say, an argument, all sides of a story, and to be able to listen openly and receive that information and be like, huh, interesting. I'm I'm hitting some resistance with that or, mm. oh, I'm really challenged by that. And rather than instantly reacting and kind of pushing it away and, and denying it as, as someone else's truth, receiving it and then having the ability to filter the information through your own heart, through your own wisdom, through your own perception, but really through this place of knowing who you actually are. I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. And then you get to come to terms with whatever information you've brought in, you are able to find your own truth in that. 
because there isn't just one truth. There never has been and there never will be. And through ignorance, we can believe that because we would just take what somebody else says to us as a truth and not know how to kind of filter it through ourselves because we don't actually know who we are because we've chosen to be ignorant. Mm. Yes. And it is such a, it's such a dangerous, I'm not going to, I'm going to retract that <laughs> should word. Retract that word. It's, yeah. A, yeah, it's hard it, to find another one. It's such a, it's such a common um, obstacle that people put in front of themselves. Um, unbeknowing to them that they've chosen to look at things in a particular way and then close off from the ability to shift and change. And I think a lot of it comes from the societal um, idea of someone who changes their mind being less than, someone who changes their mm. mind being wishy-washy, someone who admits they're wrong being a failure, a loser, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so we don't have the the safety to consider another view because we wouldn't want to be seen as wrong either by changing our mind or right by changing our mind because changing our mind would not necessarily give us the kind of accolade that we're, we already exist in, that we already have the kind of, maybe it would be perceived as safety. Um, and we always talk about this idea of going to safety first and start from a kind of comfortable and safety place, safety and safe <laughs> place. Um, and then start to look at alternative views and know that you don't know what you don't know. And it's, so it's hard to Do know. You repeat that. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. <laughs> Thank you. You really don't know what you don't know. There's so much out there that we don't understand um, from the idea of understanding reality. The, the, in the world of physics, we have something like 4% of what we understand, and then the other 96% is made up of dark matter and dark energy. And those areas of dark matter and dark energy are just called dark because they haven't been enlightened yet. We don't know what they are. So 96% of the universe, we don't know what it is. So how could we possibly even claim to know that we know something? Mm, when we mm. know nothing. <clears throat> even if you knew that you knew nothing, that would be something, but you don't. Mm, yeah, that would be wisdom to know that we know nothing. And it's trying to understand that ignorance is not the path to freedom, mm. you know, opening ourselves up. And then one of the hardest things with this is that because of all of these beliefs around around failure and around being able to question things and change our minds that are seen as as not valuable qualities for humans we then have these limiting beliefs of well then I can't do that and so when we're hearing certain maybe other ideas that don't necessarily resonate or align with us right now we hit this resistance right and we like to call them ice walls <clears throat> because they can be melted over time mm. Or lightly chipped away at, but it's a process. And I mean, I've hit so many in my explorations and learning and, and following um, the sort of real science um, and philosophy and everything. But when we hit resistance, for a lot of people, if you don't have a level of awareness, you're not sure what it is, you're like, oh, that has to be wrong because I've got a yuck feeling in my body. And that's not true. That's just, you do have a yuck feeling in your body, which is something to be explored and acknowledged and heard and really validated in a sense of, hey, I hear you. What's this about? Let's keep going. As opposed to all that means that this is wrong and I'm right. And knowing how to work with your internal resistances and your ice walls is one of the most 
valuable things you can do to come into a place of freedom. Because when you're constantly not able to hear other people, when you constantly think that you're right, your one view is right, and that everyone else is crazy, you are hitting ice walls. It's You're not hitting reality. You don't have all the facts because there aren't actually any facts. There is there is fluid move, moving truth. Mm. That's it. And even currently, the situation we're in with the pandemic, there is different and new science that comes out every single day from people that are working on this. And it's changing and it's changing. And unfortunately, a lot of, say, the people who are dictating the rules are not actually bringing this new science that comes out daily to the people. And so we're very delayed in the response of what's required to happen due to these limiting beliefs of we can't change our mind because we decided this back 18 months ago when we had hardly any information. Now we've got all this beautiful information from these amazing doctors and scientists all over the world. But because of the limiting belief, the collective limiting belief that it would be failure to go back on your word, we are now in this bizarre situation where human rights are being threatened and this kind of was it draconian draconian, draconian um, dictatorship is is happening and that's not something I'm just making up because I'm crazy that's a hundred percent what is happening right now in our country uh, because of limiting beliefs because of hitting resistance because of not wanting to go beyond and actually also not reckon, uh, recognizing the fundamental nature that we are all free. We are all sovereign beings and we are all spiritual beings having a human experience. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so an interesting kind of flip side of the idea of the limiting, limiting beliefs is that limiting beliefs could be considered a belief in limits. <laughs> and if you come to the understanding of being a spiritual being, having a human experience, uh, a spiritual being has no limits. A spiritual being is limitless. Um, It's never born, it never dies. It is eternal. And so the idea of limits is something that you have to choose to believe in to exist in this kind of three-dimensional reality, let's call it. And knowing that this is not the only dimension, I might say. Well, we are. We would. We would consider that we are multidimensional beings, mm. and there is depending on if you choose to believe in limits, that's totally fine, and you are absolutely entitled because here on Earth we have free will, and so we are in no way saying that you shouldn't live with the limits if you like them, and that's where you're experiencing freedom and safety. But for us, we don't believe we have limits because we don't, and that's our reality, and that's sacred for us, and we also have in in on earth, human rights, and we're allowed to exercise those. And so knowing what your limits are or limiting beliefs are and starting to unpack that and work with that is a very helpful practice to know where you stand on anything, to actually know what you align with. Because a lot of times you might hear something from someone else and your mind, the story that you know, is saying, oh yes, like I I agree with that but something in your body or something deep in your heart, there's like this little niggle that doesn't agree with it. And so there's this internal conflict that's happening and it can be confusing to translate that. And you might try and suppress the feeling because it's not comfortable, but if you could slow down and become quiet enough to hear those other parts of you, because your body and your heart and your higher self, they're always communicating with you to actually unite you in your truth, not somebody else's truth, your truth, right? And so there's this message. And when you, 
allow that to come up and you move through the resistance of maybe the mind or the ego that's been conditioned from a long time ago and you land in your truth, your body, your heart, your kind of sense of coherence becomes very coherent and you always have the sense of fluidity and ease in your life and you're not gripping and kind of trying to micromanage your internal world so you don't have to feel discomfort. And we know this from doing this work that freedom is really an internal game and you start to just feel this even though other people might call you whatever you're like but I know the truth I know my truth because I can feel it because I have taken the time and the space to cultivate a deep internal relationship with myself and to me and I would say to John Mm, as well this is freedom this is real freedom and freedom to the point where if you sit in that place, in that place of meditation, and you find the stillness, the, the, the peace, those little, maybe fleeting, but those little moments where you go, huh, that is so much ease, that is so much space, that is so much, um, as the Buddhists would say, vastness or mm. even emptiness. Mm. And emptiness, not a negative connotation at all, just really thinking about the idea of this, this vast, limitless space that exists when you take the time to, to come into stillness, to come into this place of, of internal peace, of that, that classic line of finding inner peace. Is, it is a genuine journey and very, very worthwhile thing Mm. to embark upon. Um, It's not always easy and there's a constant... But nothing is. (laughs) Yeah, there's a a constant kind of array of things that will try and take you away from that inner peace, of course. But it is a simple process of just quietening down, coming into stillness and being in whatever your meditation practice might look like. Um, Again, simple not easy. Which might be just going for a really mindful walk by yourself mm-hmm. where you notice your steps, where you notice your breath, where you notice the environment around you. That can be your meditation, but you just do it with attention. You do it with presence and you notice you have to, to be able to do any of this. There has to be a time where you are slow and when you're turning your attention inward and it doesn't necessarily have to be a seated structure, structured meditation practice. But it might be sitting in your garden and just marveling at the trees, you know, or even even preparing food or just something where you can do something mindfully and starting like that, like having a, a lower dosage for yourself if you struggle with these ideas of meditation. But the idea of all of this is cultivating tools so you can work with the resistance. And that's so that you're able to see and hear and kind of take in everything, right, whether it's something that really upsets you or something that you really enjoy, but be able to take in everything that you experience in the world with a full sense of acceptance, right? Of acknowledging, yes, that is that. And then you're able to feel whatever the emotion is, whether it is anger or sadness or joy or excitement or rage or, you know, feel the emotions, work with the acceptance, and then you kind of go through that with your own stillness. And then you're able to choose love. Time and time again, we choose love for ourselves and we choose love for the whole. And when we're bringing this this choice, because it is a choice of love, of kindness, of compassion into our own hearts, we are lifting our own vibration, which brings us into greater health, vitality. We lift our immune response, everything through coming into the energy of love. But we also, it is a ripple effect 
right? It actually affects the people around us. It affects the world. What you do matters Mm. way beyond yourself. And when you can truly accept this and when you know that you're a spiritual being having a human experience, you understand that you have a field of energy around you that can either be dull and small or it can be big and filled with love and vibrancy. And you have that choice in every moment and that expands out and affects all beings around you. Yes, it really does. And it's such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful practice to embark upon again, to, to take the time to cultivate and the simple things of just really noticing the sensations in the body, really noticing any of those moments that you enjoy, how could you slow them down by being more present in the joy? to enjoy them a little bit more, to notice the fingertips and what they might be connected to, what they might be touching, to notice the the sensation if you're enjoying consuming food or a beverage and noticing the sensations of flavor in the mouth for just that little bit longer, having four or five extra rounds of chewing before you swallow. Just all of these little moments can bring this mindfulness into your everyday moments and really reconnect you to the deep love and peace that already exists within you. It's all in there and it's just a matter of finding your way to it by slowing down just enough. Mm. (laughs) I just want to add to loop it background, but you know, if you listen to this and you struggle with the idea that you're a spiritual being having a human experience, Mm. you know, if you believe that you're just... I don't know, a meat suit. Limited. Limited. Mm. I would encourage you to prove that to yourself. Prove to yourself that you're actually just a mere machine. Prove it. Look at the science. Go deep. Discover and try and, and, and please, I'd love you to prove it to me that you are limited and that you are just purely a human meat suit machine and you go no further beyond that. And you have no effect. Yeah. And... Yes, I'd going to leave it there, but it is it is interesting because we sort of very quickly just say, well, that's my belief. I don't believe that I'm anything else. And I say, why? Why? How can you prove it? What research have you got? What current science proves that opinion? Mm. Just a fun homework challenge, you know, <laughs> if you're into it. <laughs> I mean, for those of you who are already there, you're already comfortable with this idea of being a spiritual being, then add that extra moment into your meditation, add that little bit of extra time into your day, give yourself the the gift of presence, give yourself the gift of space and time, and maybe you spend a few extra minutes contemplating vastness, contemplating limitlessness, and Just notice what there is to notice. Notice whether that gives you a sense of peace or whether it's overwhelming or maybe it's both. Maybe it's everything all at once. Mm. And then choose what you wish to experience from that because it's all there. Wonderful. Now, John, would you be able to share a little meditation that everyone could have a go with? Yes. Um, This is as much a contemplation as it is a meditation. So if you're not a um, practitioner of meditation, you might just find a a 
quiet place to contemplate um, this. It's almost um, along the lines of uh, koan, a Zen Buddhist technique, which is really designed to try and go beyond the analytical mind. So if you think it gets a little bit beyond thought, then that is really the intention here. So the idea is to contemplate, <coughs> excuse me, or meditate upon these four possibilities. Possibility one, we exist within a finite number of finite universes. So it's a limited number of universes with boundaries. Yeah. Or we exist within a finite number of infinite universes. So one or two or five or ten or a hundred universes that have no boundaries. And then option three, I feel like you might be able to predict where we're going here, uh, is an infinite number of finite universes. So there's an infinite number of them, but all of these universes have a boundary. They have a, they have a limit to them. And then the final one, of course, is there's an infinite number of infinite universes. And when I'm contemplating this one, um, I like to think of them as an infinite number of infinitely interpenetrating infinite universes. So they fold in and over the top of each other all of the time in every possible different way. Um, but yes, contemplating those three, sorry, four things, uh, finite number of finite universes, finite number of infinite universes, infinite number of finite universes, or infinite number of infinite universes. Those are your four options. Feel free to write it down and contemplate it by reading it or just repeat it to yourself in your, in your mind and notice which one, if any, presents you with resistance and which one presents you with vastness, with space, with openness, with ease. And then work with that as your kind of baseline belief system. None of them are wrong. None of them can be conclusively proven <laughs> right. by anything. We have no scientific tools to prove or disprove any of them in either direction. So this is not a this is not a test to see if your mind can cope by going all the way to number four. It's very much an exploration of curiosity and really noticing and getting to know yourself and maybe where some resistance might exist. And yeah, it's such a beautiful contemplation. You can you can sort of do it initially from your mind, like intentionally think about each one and watch where resistance or even overwhelm comes in or or watch where you feel comfortable. And then if you can, take your time to actually drop more into your heart space and do it again. And so it's it's like in a way bypassing the kind of the ego or the much more active part of the ego and you drop into the heart. So this sort of sense of knowing and just notice how it feels from that place. So it's like doing it from two different perspectives of your own internal world and being curious to where your yeah, overwhelm and resistance comes in and where kind of comfort and 
and a, a feeling of truth right now, knowing that truth is fluid because of ignorance. Mm. So, ignorance is not bliss. <laughs> we don't think. <laughs> but again, we are limited to our own subjective experience. <laughs> exactly. So thank you again for listening until the end. If you would like to share the love, feel free to share this podcast or any other of your favorites on your social media platforms. That really helps us out. And so does subscribing. Um, and yes, we will hear you, see you. Imagine you're there in the uh in the next episode and thanks for listening yeah thank you we love you bye bye the radical awareness podcast